Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. I'm really excited to share this episode with you today. Um, it's the last episode of 2021, and I can't believe the year's just flown by. So I wanted to thank everyone that's tuned in throughout the year and listened to all the episodes. Uh, typically, I wouldn't release an episode over the holiday season, but I really wanted to share this with you as we approach the new year. Um, this episode has Dr. Rich from Live Light Club come on here and talk about sleep. I had the luxury of recording this episode a couple months ago, so I implemented a lot of things that Dr. Rich shared with me in this episode, and I can tell you it's really improved my productivity and overall uh, emotional regulation, and I feel more in control. Um, So in this episode, Dr. Rich shares some tools and tips uh, or little tricks we can implement into our daily routine that can really improve our sleep. And then overall, the effect of that is improved productivity and improved creativity. So I hope you can get a lot of this episode and I really hope you've had a restful holiday season and I wish you a uh, happy new year and uh, you know, I'm hoping 2022 is going to be a great year for everyone. Thank you. All right, Dr. Rich, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Uh, super grateful for you know having you on this episode and for you to take the time. I know we've had a uh, scheduling conflicts <laughs> yeah. along the way and and a couple yeah. of hiccups, but you know really appreciate you uh, wanting to do this and coming on here. I think uh, I'm really excited about uh, the topic we're going to cover, especially in the field that you you're an expert in. So, and and I, I'm sure listeners will get a lot out of this episode too. But before we get started, I want to give you an opportunity to, to talk about what it is that you do, uh, where you're located, and, and some of the areas you, you specialize in. Yeah, so um, I'm over in uh, England, uh, UK, in Manchester, uh, and I'm a second-year uh, medical doctor. Uh, so I finished medical school about 14 months ago, and towards the end of my medical school training I got quite interested in sleep so I spent about two years learning as much as I could about sleep enhancement researching a bit about sleep and doing some clinical placements at different sleep clinics and I've learned quite a lot and I realized that there isn't much available for people who want to sleep better there isn't much definitive actions and support services that could actually be utilized mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's just the UK thing um, but it seems through speaking with people at Live Light it seems to be worldwide there just isn't much to help people sleep so I sort of put together everything I knew and set up a company called Live Light and our aim is to help um, improve sleep well, our actual aim is to help the world achieve a good night's sleep in an easy way and to improve mental well-being um, so we set up the company we're making a product that supports sleep from start to finish and we've been working that up so so far we've done some clinical sleep trials and we're about to go to investors to get money to build our product and then we're hopefully going to be building out the live light um, vision from there and our secondary mission is just to improve sleep awareness and sleep literacy. So people can make the decision as to whether they actually do want to improve their sleep and what the benefits are that they might get out of it. Because one of the problems at the moment is a lot of people don't actually realize that sleep is 
could be one of the best ways to improve your life today, like right now. And there, are, there aren't many things like that. Um, and sleep is one of the few things we can say, I'm sleeping better today. And two weeks later, it's completely changed the way you're interacting with your life. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's a lot of areas I want to explore today in terms of sleep, because I don't, to your point, not a lot of people are aware and I want to bring that awareness and, and more so also for my own learning, but just out of curiosity, like what about sleep uh, was it that, you know, kind of intrigued you? Why was it so important for you to do that research? Yeah, that's a very, very interesting question. So um, I, uh, growing up, I had no interest in sleep whatsoever. Um, if you asked me at 18, would I be interested in sleep? I'd have said, hell no, that's boring. Um, you know, that's, that's not, I like football and gaming. And uh, I went to medical school because I was good at science. I wanted to do surgery. Um, so sleep was never in the plan. Mm -hmm. um, but coincidentally, I got interested in dreaming. Um, I don't really even know how that happened, but I started getting interested in dreaming, started recording my dreams. Um, and obviously, the more you sleep, the more dreams you have. So I actually started sleeping a proper amount. I was sleeping about six to seven hours before. And I wanted to start sleeping eight hours so I could have more dreams because mm -hmm. you get most of your dreams at the end of your sleep because that's when you get REM. Coincidentally, when I started sleeping better and sleeping eight hours consistent, consistently, and this was in my fourth year in medical school, I noticed my concentration started improving, my energy levels started improving, my mood started improving. I was like, hold on. Um, I think this is happening because I, I'm sleeping better consistently. <laughs> yeah. And there is an upward trajectory in the way I felt, and I felt so much more productive in it. Sort of felt like I was, um, you know, a new person. And this was from coincidentally sleeping better. So I had the experience of sleep changing the way I interact with the world through sleeping better. I was like, hold on, you know, I'm a you know, fairly educated guy, I'm in medical school, and I didn't even spot that this could have such a big impact. Mm -hmm. So when I realized, okay, wow, sleep could have a big impact and I started reading a bit more about it, I realized just how little information there is and just how much is available for people who want to improve their sleep. I realized there's a massive, um, there's a massive dearth of information and a massive gap to be filled here um, to help people improve their lives. Um, and when you start digging into the, the research, there are actually some, some well-known definitive easy methods that you can start integrating into your life to build a good sleeping habit that works for you. It isn't rocket science. Mm -hmm. It just hasn't been implemented um, in a way that has been adopted in the general population. So that just caught me from there. And I just sent myself in learning everything I could about sleep because it's quite logical as well. Um, and that, that fits in with my personality. Um, I like learning about logical things that you can piece together in, you know, mm -hmm. fairly exact ways. Sleep's actually quite logical, quite simple, quite straightforward. And it just snowballed um, from there, turned into live light. Um, and you can learn a lot um, when speaking to people um, about their sleep. Uh, there's, there's very common themes in why people aren't sleeping properly. And there's usually quite definitive actions you can take to improve that sleep. So you can mm -hmm. say, hey, Try this, try this, try this, and you'll start to see an upward trajectory. Um, and then also, as I mentioned before, it's, a, it's amazing. Sleep might be the best productivity and life improvement hack that we have available. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people go searching after diet. You know, what's the amazing diet that I can make to make me feel better or make me feel healthier? Or what can I do in the gym that's going to, you know, give me those endorphins? Um, but actually, 
nobody's looking at sleep and sleep may be uh, a tier above those two um, of course they're essential but mm-hmm. sleep is the only one where you can start doing it sleeping better for two weeks and you get immediate improvement so that like immediate significant improvement that you could get from sleeping better also encapsulated me because there's an area of self-improvement that's just completely ignored and if we got you know more of the world to start sleeping better um i i hypothesize that that would lead to a significant change in a lot of different areas whether that's mood whether that's general being whether that's productivity etc etc mm-hmm. it could have a massive impact on the world and it's something that everybody can start doing today yeah no that's amazing and i mean there's <laughs> i have so many questions for you but Starting off with, so, I mean, when, when we talk about sleep and, and lack of sleep, the, the obvious things that you've also touched on it is our focus, our productivity, our mood, but there's also certain hidden, uh, you know, benefits of, of improved sleep. And I think that's even our bodily functions and, and um, you know, how our gut reacts and, and how we're able to digest food mm-hmm. and, what, what are some of those hidden benefits that people obviously don't know about? Um, and, you know, I've, I've read about a lot of research, even with improved sleep, how it can Im- improve your performance as an athlete. Um, but yeah, I, what are some of those hidden things that people don't uh, or don't understand or take for granted? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or don't, don't appreciate one of the big ones is uh, probably emotional regulation. So <laughs> I always thought I was kind of just like a moody person. Um, you know, <laughs> I'd have a short temper, I'd fly off the handle. I probably was a little bit like that anyway. But sleep, um, my poor sleeping self compared to my good sleeping self, there was a massive difference in my ability to stay calm and regulate my emotions. I noticed a significant change. Um, and that could have very real impacts on your life. If there's one version of yourself that's able to stay cool, calm and collected and one version of yourself that's moody and flies off the handle all the time, that's going to affect your work, that's going to affect your relationships, that's going to affect the things that you can do in your life. So mm-hmm. that, that's one. Um, you can have a stepwise change in your emotional regulation. Um, number two is your creativity. And this is huge. So... Um, from what we know about sleep at the moment, um, there's different phases of sleep that you might have heard of. There's light sleep, deep sleep, and REM sleep. Mm-hmm. Light sleep is um, best described as a transition phase to help you get into deep sleep. Um, there's a little bit of a restorative function there, but not much. It's mainly to get deep sleep. Deep sleep is where the, all the, the restorative um, functions of the body take, to the, take place. So you're removing the waste out of your body, your cells are regenerating, different physiological processes that repair your brain occur. Mm-hmm. And then the third stage of sleep, which we don't know a lot about, is REM sleep. And this is where we dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about REM sleep is what we think occurred during REM sleep is the brain undergoes this process where it makes links between different abstract ideas, okay? So all the things that have been invented that people go, whoa, why didn't I think of that is essentially uh, by um, making links between two abstract ideas that you might not otherwise have made a link to before. Mm-hmm. And REM sleep is the phase in which these abstract neurological links are made. Okay, so it's the phase of creativity. That's why the saying um, sleep in it, I don't know if you have that on Canada, it's like when yeah. you have a difficult decision to say sleep in it, yeah. it's because you sleep in it, you then feel, uh, you then go through the creative process of REM sleep, and then you wake up with a solution. That's a very definitive function that happens in REM sleep, but there's loads of studies to show 
um, improved creativity. Mm -hmm. So actually getting the right amount of sleep on a consistent basis can lead to significant amounts of creativity that we haven't really got around to measuring now. I experience that anecdotally, uh, and I feel I'm a lot more able to um, find solutions to problems when I'm sleeping well. So that they're the two big, big ones, emotional regulation, and creativity. Um, and then there's also focus um, that may be you know, obvious or not. Um, but if you get the amount of sleep that you need, you're going to be far better able to focus. So a lot of times when people cut out on sleep is um, the common reason is, is because I don't have enough time to sleep. You know, I've got mm -hmm. loads to do. I'm sleeping six hours so I can get two more hours of work done. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a completely fair point to make. I, I used to do the same as well. There's been plenty of studies that show that two hours of sleep that you cut out, the productivity loss that you're going to experience is going to add up to more than the two-hour loss. And also the quality of work that you're going to do is going to be significantly less. So by sleeping for two hours longer, you're going to be gaining more than the two hours you would have lost in terms of improved focus and quality of work. So emotional regulation, creativity, and focus and ability to get work done, probably the three big things that people don't often consider. The first thing I'd say to premise this is if you've been sleeping whatever your number is, six hours, seven hours for a period of time, um, and you often hear people say, yeah, I can cope with six, seven hours. If you've been sleeping um, a certain length for a period of time, several months, your body adjusts and adapts to it, to that new level of normal. It's a suboptimal um, functioning level of normal, but it adjusts and it feels normal. I experienced that. I was sleeping for seven hours for several years of my life and my body adjusted. The problem is that adjustment was a... Um, unemotionally regulated, poorly focused, poorly concentration, low mood, poor concentration. But I thought that was my normal. So even if you think you cope with it, um, you might be surprised when you start sleeping better the change that you experience. Mm -hmm. Generally, um, the amount of sleep that most people need is seven and a half to eight hours. And what I advise people to do is increase the amount of sleep you need in half an hour increments until you no longer feel tired waking up in the morning. Um, and throughout the rest of the day. That is the best way to measure whether you're sleeping well. Are you tired throughout the day? Apart from um, a post-lunch dip that you might have heard of, like um, often around two or three o'clock, there is a natural dip in our energy levels that lasts for about half an hour, which um, pretty much everyone experiences to different degrees. Outside of that, if you're feeling tired during the day, there is a 95% chance you are not getting enough sleep and you mm -hmm. need to sleep more at night. And for most people, that's seven and a half to eight hours. It's very, very, very unusual to be able to function optimally on less than that. There's a gene um, where some people function um, completely normally on less than seven hours of sleep. But that gene is exceedingly rare. Um, I've heard statistics like it's more likely to get hit by lightning. Uh, I'm not sure the exact number, but um, it's very unlikely that you're that person who can uh, function optimally on six hours sleep. So seven and a half to eight. And what I always say to people is, don't take my word for it. How about you just try sleeping better for one month, getting to a routine where you're sleeping eight hours, see what the difference is. At that point, if you've experienced the difference and you're like, now nah, I want to go back to six hours sleep, go back to six hours sleep. And that, that, that at least you've informed yourself and you've seen what the difference is. And for some people, they will go back to six hours sleep. But... Um, how few of us have actually 
try to um, experience that sort of sleeping better period over an extended period of time. We live our whole lives sleeping seven, six, whatever, because that's our new baseline. So give it a try, see if you feel better. Mm-hmm. And there's a good chance that you'll never go back and your life will be significantly improved because of it. Yeah, no, and I can attest to that. Like the, you know, the weeks where I consistently sleep eight hours, I feel amazing. It's it's even yeah. hard to describe because I, I feel more in control. I feel like, to your point, more regulated. I'm not as cranky. Uh, I feel more productive. Overall, it just, my mood feels better. So right. I, I can attest to the eight hours uh, because I've experienced it. Now, mm. the, the challenge is the consistency, right? And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Um, the other stuff I hear is, and I guess in terms of hours, like, I guess that's another question I have, like, what are the optimal hours? Cause I know some people go to bed late, even if they're getting the eight hours, but based on some stuff I've heard, there's still also an optimal number of hours where you want to go to bed at, right? Like you don't want to be staying up too late, uh, because I think there's a certain, like you said, certain time in the, uh, in the middle of the night where your body really loses that energy i think there's also an aspect of for people that are athletic or play sports the human growth hormone like i think that also generates a lot more when you're sleeping so what are some of those hours and some of the things that are happening while you're sleeping during those hours yeah so there's something you might have heard of called the uh, circadian rhythm which essentially the 24-hour body clock within our brain that dictates when we feel like we should go to sleep and when we should wake up. Um, And essentially what that does is it leads to changes in our body temperature, changes in melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, and changes in adrenaline, which is the alertness hormone. And this generally follows a a rhythmic 24-hour pattern that's um, pretty standardized for everyone. Um, and, And usually the best time to go to sleep in coordination with that circadian rhythm it's between 10 to 11 o'clock at night for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's synced with the sunset and the sunrise. That does vary between different people. So you'll have um, you'll have night owls um, who go to bed a bit later. Um, and then you'll have early sleepers who go to sleep a bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And that's because they have different variations in their circadian rhythm. But again, for the average, for 95% of people, it's generally going to be that 9.30 to 11 o'clock range when we're most primed to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And you'll you'll know when that is um, with, it, with yourself. Um, um, if you give yourself one month to say, okay, what's the average amount of time each night that I'm feeling tired? That's probably your optimal your, your optimal sleep. For me, it's around 10.30 and I wake up at 6.30. Um, so that's the optimal time, but it's important to notice there are outliers. Some people go to bed significantly earlier. Some people do go to bed later as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess there's often times where people also struggle with falling asleep. Um, but on a general kind of general perspective, like what are some things people can do or, you know, should avoid in terms of improving their sleep? You know, obviously we hear about not, you know, screen time, like try to mm-hmm. avoid screen time late at night. Uh, even if you wake up in the middle of the night, avoid looking at your phone. But what are some of the general tips and tricks that people can apply in their lives to, to improve their sleep? Yeah. So number one, this is heads and shoulders above everything else is um, sticking to a consistent sleep awake time. So um, 
you'll hear some sleep experts say you've got to try and stick to this seven days a week. That's I don't agree with that. It's not possible. You, you're not going to sleep at the same time seven days a week. But if you can sleep at the same time every night, Monday to Friday when you're working, that is going to be more than enough. That's what I do. So I go to bed at 10.30, and this is pretty much every day, Monday to Thursday, actually. It's not even Monday to Friday. So that my body's sinking in with my circadian rhythm, and I always wake up at the same time. If you do that, your circadian rhythm and your sleep is going to sync up. And every night when you go to sleep, you're going to be as tired as you can be, and you're going to fall asleep quickly. If you're going to bed at nine o'clock one night, one o'clock one night, 10 o'clock one night, you're not sinking your body and your circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And essentially when you go to try and sleep, your circadian rhythm is not going to be aligned. So you're not feeling as tired as you should do when you go to sleep. And then that's when you're going to have problems falling asleep. Mm -hmm. So going to bed and waking up at the same time every day, even if you don't get as much sleep as you'd like during that night, always wake up, wake up at the same time. Um, because the circadian rhythm doesn't correct very well. So say if you go to bed at 12 and the night before you went to bed at 10, your circadian rhythm is going to be saying, go to sleep at 10, okay? And it's going to have a sleep window where you feel tired, but you miss that sleep window at 10, and then you try to go to bed at 12, but now your body's alert. So you're going to have really, you're going to have massive problems if you're going to sleep at inconsistent times. So keep your sleep schedule consistent Monday to Thursday, Anecdotally, I found it doesn't actually matter that much on Friday and Saturday. If I go out of rhythm a bit, my body can catch up on Sunday pretty easily. But if you go to bed at different days every time, you're going to really struggle to sleep. So that's the first thing I always tell people to improve. Mm -hmm. The second thing, one of the biggest uh, reasons why we don't sleep very well or it takes us a long time to fall asleep is a racing mind before bed. It's not being able to switch off the mind. And that's like, that's quite a hard thing to get out of the routine off because I think for all of us, um, you know, getting going to bed is literally the first time of the day where our mind actually gets to speak without any other distractions. So your mind's just going 100 miles an hour. That keeps you awake. You can't fall asleep for an hour. And um, so at Live Light, what we propose is that you should have a pre-sleep relaxation routine <laughs> where you spend half an hour to an hour before bed with the lights off doing something relaxing and enjoyable that allows you to decompress and de-stress before you actually try to sleep. Mm -hmm. So that when you do try to sleep, um, you're actually tired and it's easier to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Also by having that half an hour to an hour before bed, you give your brain a chance to start producing melatonin, which is a sleep hormone. And when your brain recognizes, right, when dark room is time for bed, it will start producing melatonin before you actually try to sleep. What doing this does in combination with going to sleep at consistent times, it increases your sleep confidence. And what that means is every time you try to sleep, you actually fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So your body becomes more confident, your mind becomes more confident with the fact that you're trying that, right, it's time to go to sleep and you get progressively better at sleeping. What happens with insomniacs is their body and their mind loses confidence that they can fall asleep because they've had so many bad attempts of not being able to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. So by doing this, you create a psychological confidence which then starts to snowball into you becoming a good sleeper. They're the two big things. You make those two changes and you don't make anything else, that's going to improve your sleep today, okay? Might take a few weeks to get into the routine, but that's gonna improve your sleep. The big one about screens, there's only one instance where I tell people do not use screens. And when I say don't use screens, this is, there's not many do's and don'ts because that makes things hard, right? And people don't like do's and don'ts. For the one time you should not use screens is when you wake up in the middle of the night. So I would completely banish screen times when, when you wake up in the middle of the night, don't look at your phone because that's the primary cause 
of waking up and not being able to fall back to sleep. Mm-hmm. Once I stopped looking at my phone, even to look at the time during the night, I had no problems waking up and falling back to sleep. It's completely normal to wake up two to three times a night, by the way. Um, but your body should be able to fall back to sleep within five minutes, and that's completely natural. Um, so they're the three big things. Um, and I actually um, recommend um, using your phone or screens before bed if it can help you relax, okay? So the phones at all, if you can use it and avoid distracted things like texting or whatever, whatever distracts you, if you can avoid that and you use it to help you relax, whether that's music, um, sleep sounds, watching YouTube videos, um, we actually found that this can help people relax and fall asleep. And the benefits of that outweigh the negatives. Mm. And the negatives in this instance are the light that comes from the screen, mm-hmm. which has some effect on melatonin, but we actually think um, as long as you're relaxing before bed in the dark room, you start to produce melatonin. Any decreases you have in melatonin from the screen is probably negligible in comparison to the melatonin that's already been generated and you're relaxing yourself. Um, so we think actually, actually phones and screens um, isn't that bad and could actually help you sleep and mm-hmm. is unlikely to negatively impact your sleep. For some people it might do, so trial and error. But um, you should really be fixing the foundational thing, which is relaxing before bed and consistent sleep times before you start looking at the little things like phones and this and that and all these little herbal remedies. They're the main things that are going to help. Yeah, no, and I I find like the the nights where I do a nighttime meditation, I have the best sleeps or or even when I go for yoga and then just Mm. come home straight and go to bed after a shower, Mm. like it's the best sleeps I have. So I'm glad to hear that there's research that supports that. Uh, One of the other things I did want to ask you, because I heard about a research recently about productivity, uh, especially when we use the snooze button. Uh, So obviously, you know, a lot of people snooze and they're like, okay, I'll get an extra 10 minutes, 20 minutes of sleep. I'm not ready to wake up. But the, the impact of that, you may think is 20 minutes of extra sleep, but it's really profound. Uh, What have you found in your work? Yeah. So I guess that's probably um, when we when we speak about what is live like trying to change fundamentally, this is probably the biggest thing in 15 years time, if we still exist and um, everybody in the world is sleeping, we live like it's literally going to be because of this reason. Um, so the, the snooze and the alarm um, I, will not exist in 20 to 30 years. That's my hope. Um, so 100 years ago, we didn't have phones and we didn't have an alarms and guess how we woke up. We went to sleep with the sunset and we woke up with the sunrise and we woke up in a natural way. What happens now is your alarm wakes you up um, and what this it wakes you up unnaturally when your body's not ready to wake you up. And the reason why this is a problem is because when we wake up naturally, we wake up in light sleep. Okay, When we wake up with an alarm, we wake up either in light sleep or deep sleep, depending on when, where, where the alarm falls. If we wake up in deep sleep, which is the unnatural state of sleep to wake up from, we wake up feeling groggy, shocked, stressed, and tired out of sleep. And this happens quite often, especially if you're not sleeping enough. Mm-hmm. And when you're snoozing repeatedly, you're essentially just repeatedly waking yourself up out of deep sleep you're hitting yourself over the head with a baseball bat repeatedly 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 shocking yourself repeatedly out of sleep and this leads to something called sleep inertia mm-hmm. where we essentially feel groggy um, for an extended period of time 
Um, and, and that's one of the main clinical um, sort of negatives to using the snooze is you, you essentially wake up um, just completely dazed and it lasts an extended period of time. Um, and waking up out of light sleep, you wake up feeling refreshed, you wake up in a good mood, you wake up feeling ready to go. From a psychological perspective, you wake up with momentum. You jump out of bed, you're like, right, let's go and get that day. Although we can't quantify that, what's the difference when you wake up out of bed feeling like, right, I had a great sleep, I'm ready to go, let me go and attack the day, versus mm -hmm. I don't want to get out of bed, you know, I'm feeling unmotivated, I'm feeling stressed. That's going to have significant ripples um, across the rest of your life. So if you are going to use your alarm, you say don't snooze because um, there's a good chance you're going to be waking up out of deep sleep. What we're doing at Live Light is essentially reproducing the sunrise effect, right? Um, so you use what's called a, a, a wake-up light. It's a sunrise simulator. Half an hour before you wake up, it reproduces a natural sunrise in your room, lightens up the room. And you may think, ah, oh, I don't want to wake up in a light room, but wait till you try it. What happens is the light enters your eyes whilst you're asleep, half an hour before you wake up, gradually increasing the light, light intensity. What the light does is it hits receptors in the eyes mm -hmm. and it gradually pushes you out of deep sleep into light sleep. So you always wake up reliably out of light sleep, waking up refreshed every single day compared to an alarm that wakes you up refreshed maybe once or twice a week, depending on where it falls. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really trying to create something that um, reliably reproduces a natural awakening from sleep so that you wake up feeling rejuvenated. No, that's great. And, and I guess uh, in terms of what I was, uh, the study I was alluding to, they said when you do snooze, I think it, that extended period of time you were referring to is typically four hours. So just to give yeah. people an idea of the impact that can have, like for four yeah. hours, you're going to be groggy and, and unproductive. So, so yeah. that's just the importance. Um, one of the last things I wanted to touch on, just more so because I'm super curious, uh, but in terms of sleep, and, and you talked about dreams, um, I think Freud had talked about the whole, our subconscious thoughts that come to us when, when we're dreaming, uh, stuff that we've tucked away, based on the work you've done, or because I know you said you were like recording dreams and stuff, is that, is there some truth to it? And, and what, what is the source of our dreams often? Uh, you know, I find like if I'm really stressed out about something or I'm thinking about it throughout the day, chances are I might dream about it, but what's going on when we're in that state? Yeah, so there's a, there's a, few, there's a few different things that we know so far go on in dreams, um, but probably the most boring one is things that we did during the day, Yeah, our, we replay it in our dreams to consolidate the learning. So say if you're doing a manual task, like you're, uh, you know, you've just started uh, learning how to control an airplane and you're doing all these new tasks, you'll then repeat these tasks in your dream. And uh, in the dreams, you'll create neuronal connections that consolidate your learning so that tomorrow, when you go to um, control the airplane, you can do stuff instinctually. And there's been studies that actually show that, right, play a piano, learn this pattern, have a nap, come back, and they're 20% better at playing the piano because of the neuronal connections that are developed. Mm. So just like frank improvement in skills. Um, number two, um, the one we spoke about earlier, uh, connecting abstract patterns between things. Um, so, you know, you might be building a house, um, and then later on, you've looked at the sun uh, and then you have a dream and then in your dream, 
your 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 dream marries those two things together and it says oh hold on okay you're building a house and the sun's out and um, what would happen if we put solar panels on the house to control you know stuff like that just abstract patterns that you wouldn't necessarily um bring together in normal life that occurs during dreams as well the third thing that happens in dreams um is that it's essentially an emotional regulator so things that happen during the day that are emotionally stressful, your brain um, essentially dampens down the stimuli of those emotional situations so that when you get to it the next time, you could actually deal with it. Mm-hmm. And what happens in PTSD, um, if you have, if people who are listening, if you haven't heard of it, um, it, it's a traumatic disorder where people re-encounter emotional events. And so, yeah, what, what happens in patients with um, PTSD is uh, they essentially have an abnormal reaction to emotional stimuli that's happened in the past. And what we actually found in studies is that patients who have PTSD have abnormal amounts of REM sleep, which is the sleep where we dream. Mm-hmm. And what that indicates is that they're not getting the amount of sleep that is needed for emotional regulation, which is dream sleep. So dream sleep plays a massive role in essentially emotional regulation um, and dampening down of traumatic um, stimuli that happens during the day. And essentially what that is summarized to is our ability to deal with stress. Mm. If we're not sleeping very well, our ability to deal with stress is absolutely smashed. Um, so they're the three they're the three big things that we know at the moment is skill improvement, um, creativity and putting together abstract patterns um, and a, an emotional regulation um, and I'm interested in something called uh, lucid dreaming. I don't know if you've heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. But do you mind expanding on that for listeners who haven't heard about it? Yeah. So lucid dreaming is essentially um, when you're in a dream and you're conscious, you become aware that you're in the dream. Um, and then you're able to essentially um, control the dream from that point onwards and experience sensations within the dream as if that dream world was a real um, a real world action okay um so often what happens the first time you have a lucid dream you you sort of in the dream you have the dreams a lot more vivid than usual mm-hmm. and then you experience a moment and you're like whoa i'm in a dream but i'm in bed and i'm sleeping but i'm in a dream i'm in aware and, and i'm in this world where it's a virtual world and you can experience real sensations um and this this sounds completely crazy until you've actually experienced a lucid dream where you can touch things, you can fly with them in real time. So there have been some early studies about using lucid dreaming to overcome um, traumatic experiences, like sort of interacting with the trauma in the dream and facing up to it, and then patient's trauma essentially bleeding away. Um, And that's only just scratching the surface of what we could do with lucid dreaming, potentially there's stuff like improving your skills in sports, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to play a role later down the line in our ability to, to develop a virtual reality. So going from you know oculus rift where you put the helmet on to just plugging in you know some cathodes in your in your brain and just plugging into a new world i suspect lucid dreaming is going to be um one of the keys to actually developing the technology for that so i'm very excited to um, see how that develops and hopefully a bit further down the line and that will be something that i'll help um i'll I'll be actively involved in trying to um, build up and explore Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just that whole world just sounds a little bit crazy, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see how it all develops. Um, I guess you know you've touched on uh, Live Light Club a little bit, but for listeners, 
what what is it all about? What are you uh, planning on uh, doing with it? Uh, if you don't mind expanding on that a little bit, um, and for people you know like that want to learn more about Live Light Club, yeah. Um, so yeah, what we talked about today is we we kind of know how to help you improve your sleep. Um, the problem is is like how do you actually implement that into your daily routine? How do you start doing these things? How do you stick to it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We know what to do, but how do we actually do it? Um, what Live Light is developing is a product that actually integrates all these things and allows you to develop your bedtime routine in a very easy way, in a way that you can integrate into your daily life and in a way that makes it fun, that you actually look forward to going to sleep and stick to a routine. So it's, it's a process to help you sleep from start to finish fall asleep quickly, stay asleep deeply, and wake up in a refreshing way so you can get all the lovely benefits um, that come in your life sleeping better, but in a way that you can actually do it pretty easily. And the way we're doing that is we're combining a sunset and sunrise simulated light and a mobile phone app together. And the way that works is it simulates a sunset over a period of about 30 minutes before you go to bed. Whilst the sunset's happening, you do your relaxation routine and we'll have different relaxation exercises to do on the app. Mm -hmm. um, and that helps you fall to sleep quickly and you can personalize it to, 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 to how your routine suits you. Um, and then if you want help staying asleep, you can produce sleep sounds in the mobile app. And then in the morning, it simulates a sunrise to help you wake up naturally. And this could all be fully customized on the mobile app. So at the moment, you can get wake up lights. They exist, but they aren't on a mobile app. Um, so that means you can't really personalize it. You can't get all the different sounds that you want to use. It's really hard to integrate into your personal routine. By combining the two, it just makes it really easy to build a good sleeping life um, in a very simple way. So you can achieve um, the best sleep that you could possibly achieve in a short space of time compared to having to trudge through Google and all the different self-help sleep, herbal remedies, all that nonsense. You know, it might take you a year to build the sleep routine that you want to build. Whereas what with what we're developing at Live Light, it might take you a week and then you're sleeping well for the rest of your life and you're actually enjoying the process of going to sleep. So that's what we're doing. We're developing that product and we're essentially building our company around it. It's also going to pair up as a mental well-being companion app where um, we're essentially trying to help people integrate um, good mental well-being practices that help them um, improve their life in a stepwise manner and their mental well-being in a stepwise manner in a way that could be easily integrated so for a lot of us it's quite hard to actually stick to mental well-being habits even though we'd love to do it mm -hmm. um, and really what we're trying to do is demystify that and create a mobile application that makes it easy to stick to mental well-being habits and that fit into your daily routine in a, in a, in a reasonable way um, and that's really what we're doing. And we're hoping, you know, um, within 10 years time, we help 100 million people to sleep better. Um, and we help another 50 million people to improve their mental well-being. Um, and if we could do that, we'll, we'll be on course. Um, so we're aiming to get our product out. Um, it's probably going to be spring next year, summertime next year, because hardware products take a long time and a lot yeah. of money <laughs> yeah. and a lot of money to make so we're uh, we're going through the process of trying to get the money to make the product now once we've done that um we're going to do a crowdfunding campaign around march time where people pre-order the product and then we're going to be delivering the product um springtime summertime next year um and hopefully we'll start to see the uh, you know the good sleeping revolution take hold after that point yeah no that's amazing and thank you for sharing uh, all of that uh, about the product i think 
there's a lot of value in terms of what you've shared. And, and I guess kind of like to, to bring it all together and you touched on it is the, the importance of sleep when it comes to our mental uh, well-being, right? And we often, to your point, um, don't appreciate how important sleep is to our overall well-being, especially uh, from a mental health perspective. Um, but like, is there any things, last things that you want to mention to listeners? Uh, I know we've touched on a lot. You've touched yeah. on sleeping patterns and good habits that we can build around improving our sleep, but, uh, to kind of bring it all together, is there anything else you want to share? Yeah. Um, so sleeping better may be the biggest thing that you could do right now to improve your life. The single biggest stepwise improvement that you can make right now to your life may be sleeping better. Um, and you don't have to do that much to find out if you're going to get benefit from it. All you have to say is for the next month, I am going to try and sleep better. I'm going to integrate these sleep enhancement habits. If I sleep better over the next month and I get benefits from it, I might decide to sleep better for the rest of my life because it could legitimately change your life. You start dieting to change your life, you start exercising to change your life. But guess what? Those things could take a year, two years to take hold. And um, the immediate sort of um, significance of that isn't often felt. With sleep, you get immediate changes in your life. And it's probably a lot easier to do than eating a good diet and going to the gym four times a week. Yeah. So just give it a try. And uh, you, you might never want to go back and your life's going to be better for it. So, yeah, I just encourage people to, to, to give it a try. And um, it, it might be the best thing that you ever did. Yeah, thank you. And, and I guess, Dr. Rich, for people that obviously, you know, I, I'm sure I didn't cover a lot uh, and, and I'm sure people will have questions, but for people that want to get a hold of you or reach out to you, what are some of the ways they can uh, find you, whether it's social media or, or, or online? Yeah, so probably, probably the best way is, um, so we're on Instagram at Live Light Club. Um, that's all one word. Um, and then we're also on livelightclub.com. Uh, so you can message us on Instagram. You can go on our website and sign up to our waiting list for our crowdfunding campaign where we keep everybody up to date about the things we're going to be doing. And yeah, they're probably the best two ways to um, keep in contact with me. We're going to be going full-time soon in Live Light and we'll probably be doing some sleep coaching sessions and stuff like that. So you'll, you'll be able to find out about that on our social handles. Yeah, no, thank you again, Dr. Rich. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. And, you know, I wish you the best of luck in everything you're doing. Uh, obviously, the work you're doing is making it will make a huge difference in people's lives, uh, as we've already discussed the importance of sleep. So, you know, again, really grateful for you coming on here and sharing this message. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, they're both all. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again and until next week.